The Invincible Teams podcast is powered by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork, training, and consulting to help your team thrive in every season. If you want to have a team that makes other leaders jealous, get started by going to their website in the show notes and scheduling your free consultation today. Welcome to Invincible Teams, a podcast for team leaders and business owners who are tired of dealing with drama and politics, high turnover, and teams not meeting their potential. We know that team leaders and business owners like you are pretty much always under pressure to get the most out of your teams. And we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. Hey, welcome back to the Invincible Teams podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Mayfield. And I'm Alexis Garvin. Alexis, today uh, we are talking about drama and gossip. Now, you, you've probably never had any drama or gossip in your life, have you? Absolutely not. I don't even know. Can we define the terms? Because I don't even know what those mean. These are new words for you. That's what you're saying. <laughs> you, you're, you're unfamiliar. Completely unfamiliar. I've never heard them before in my life. It's funny. I will say that as a family growing up, we did talk about as how we did not do drama. Like drama was something that we, we knew we didn't want to do. And we kind of claimed it as a family. Like we don't do drama. We go from plan A to plan B. If plan B doesn't work, we go to plan C. If plan C doesn't work, we roll to plan D and we've got all 26 letters in the alphabet. And then we can go back around. Like that was our kind of family MO around (laughs) drama. So um, that's what I, that's, that's my MO with drama or that's my familiarity with the term. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, uh, as unfamiliar as you might be with drama and gossip, I, uh, I suspect that the people listening today probably have a pretty familiar relationship with it, uh, whether that be in personal life or uh, what we're talking about here today more in the professional world. Uh, drama and gossip, I know, is something that uh, across the teams I work with, uh, something that pretty much everybody deals with, and I've had lots of conversations around it as well. And I know you mentioned that you just got out of uh, a couple conversations in the professional realm around this. Is that right? Yeah, true. And and absolutely. I was obviously jesting about the uh, being in a family where that never happened. We obviously had to talk <laughs> about it because it was something that happened, and so we needed to address it. It would be totally wrong of me to um, to allude to the fact that I've that that I don't know what it is. It obviously is a massive thing, and and in that, yes, I have had some conversations in the last even in the last week um, that have been really powerful and profound around the ideas of drama and gossip, why why it is as deadly as it is, and how to really solve it. So I love that we're jumping into this conversation today. Yeah, I think this is going to be a a really popular episode. I think people are going to want to hear this. So I'm excited to talk about it. I've got just a few questions for us to bat back and forth here, share some of our experience on it, um, and then uh, we'll we'll wrap it up. So uh, let's start with this one. Why do you think drama and gossip happens in the first place? Great baseline question to kind of kick off. I feel like the reality of humanity is that as, as much as we would all love to be above bar all the time, 
people bug each other, right? Mm, like we yeah. do, we do things that annoy one another on the regular. And most of the time we do it unintentionally, sometimes maybe with a little bit of intention in there, but um, as we talk about so often with voices, when there are differing voices, differing personalities, different, differing tendencies and patterns and communication, you're naturally going to get on each other's nerves in a familial space, in a team dynamic, professional space. Um, whenever there's familiarity, it's, you know, familiar, familiarity breeds contempt. It's a real thing. And so there's such a gift in knowing, I think, and being known by others, but there's also um, some real straight up annoyance and, uh, and frustration that can come from just familiarity in conversation. I will, I often though will say you don't grow unless you have people around you to annoy you really, Mm, you know, it's an interesting observation as a single, it's a very interesting observation. I've realized, wow, I can really pad my life with a lot of keeping people at a distance, loving people well, but keeping them to a degree at a certain distance. And then, you know, if I don't have anybody to, to kind of rub up against that's annoying me on a regular basis, then I can very easily kind of not step into some of those really irky growth situations um, that really do inspire and instigate growth. And so, yeah, I would say an answer to your question, where does it come from? It's just because, because we can bug each other sometimes when you're in, when you're in proximity, you bug each other. Yeah. Well, and I love the um, kind of paradox that you just put up there is that there is this element of we are just people and we are going to annoy each other. Uh, But on the flip side of that, um, no one, well, I say no one, the vast majority of people aren't trying to do that, Right. right? Right. Like when I'm when I'm talking with people, when I'm talking with different teams, one thing that I have said often is, look, the person that's annoying you, odds are they did not wake up this morning and go, hey, you know what I want to do today? I want to <laughs> really piss off Alexis, right? Like, you hope, you hope of them, that's not the case. <laughs> right. I mean, sure. Could it happen? Maybe. But the vast majority of people right. do not start their day that way. And and you don't either. But you and I still manage to frustrate people, annoy people all the time. So rather than just pretending like we can not do that, let's you know talk about why to address that and, and how to do that. So that's kind of my second question here is why is it so important to address drama and gossip specifically in a team environment? So it is a good question. I think when I think about the main reason that we would say it's essential for actually it's essential to actually address issues that arise as they arise um, in the drama and gossip space. It really, to me, there's many, but I think one of the top ones would be that it really slows down movement towards the mission. Meaning that, you know, when we know that people dynamics are part and parcel of moving forward towards the person, the purpose within an organization, right? So if every, if every organization's got a mission and a vision and a purpose that they're moving forwards to, they're moving forward towards, then ideally they're constantly trying to make more efficient the process of getting to that mission and the, you know, the steady capacity execution we talk about all so often. And so therefore in the relationship and communication space, there's, it takes some intentionality to make sure that the kind of all the wheels are clean, all the cogs are, you know, everything's working well. And 
when there's a stop gap or when there's kind of a bottleneck in that, in the relationship communication space, which can often come from gossip and drama, then everything sort of slows down and backs up and gets kind of cloudy. It's, it's almost like cognitive dissonance within an organization. You know, when you think about cognitive dissonance in our brains, it, it really does sort of fog up the capacity to make progress. When you think about dissidents in the ranks, you know, of, or just a um, dissension in the ranks within the, within an army uh, picture, even just within a team dynamic, you have then the slowing down of work towards the mission. And so that to me would kind of be the main reason that we would try and hit the nail on the head and actually figure out, okay, how do we, why, why is it essential to, to get to the root of this and how can we do that as fast as possible so that we get back on track towards the mission? Yeah. Well, I love that. Uh, and just that analogy of, of gears, you know, making sure that the gears are clean and, and there's not that friction. It's, it's like if you had some gears that were dirty, had some sand or some rocks or something in it. And can you get by? Yeah, you can make those gears turn, uh, right. but it's it's not as efficient as it could be. And it actually wears the gears down over time yes. to where things will eventually break, right? Um, and anybody who's ever had like a vehicle breakdown because they didn't do maintenance on it or an air conditioner or anything like that knows that it's far better just to maintain along the way rather than to have to fix when something big breaks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think about too the the study that we will reference often, the Aristotle project that Google mm-hmm. did a while ago, talking about psychological safety being one of the functions of a really high performing team and one of the character traits that's pretty essential. And when we think about what drama and gossip does for psychological safety, it doesn't do anything good for it. Right. Like it, it constantly is that kind of wearing away at the safety of the individuals in a space, knowing very Mm -hmm. well that if, if they are able to come fully themselves without whatever they are sharing, then going and being held against them or people talking about them behind their backs. It's such a greater, it's a more productive space to work in, but it's also just a real, it's a healthier and a more energized place to be when you know that drama and gossip is being prevented, that 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 is not what's going to result from a communication situation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, so I think that's probably enough preamble for us. Let's get to why people are actually listening to this is how do you solve the problem of drama and gossip? And I know that uh, we're going to get into talking about a specific tool that you and I both use with with people, with teams to help with this. Uh, Obviously, if you're listening to this as an audio thing, you're not going to be able to see it, but we'll put a link in the show notes uh, below where you can click and see the image that we're talking about as we talk through it. So Uh, Alexis, with that being said, why don't you introduce this tool and begin talking through it and we can kind of uh, go back and forth on this and different parts of it and um, see where we go. So the tool is called the go to the source tool. And essentially it is focusing really specifically on what happens in a communication situation where you have one person who has an issue with another and because of that issue, they have very, either intentionally or unintentionally, they have gone and communicated with a third party 
through like through the process. They have now gone and communicated to a third party expressing their issue, expressing their annoyance with what's happened. And so, Rai, you're going to talk through just kind of then how this tool seeks to solve the issue that then that kind of drama and gossip where that comes from like how do we actually then solve the drama and gossip that comes from person one going and chatting with person three yeah well so if you are just listening to this and you're driving and not you know pulling up an image while you're on the road uh, i'm going to try to also tell you kind of what we're looking at so uh, if you just imagine a not a you know kind of a a person a stick figure something like that um, and we'll call that person number one right and then we got person number two and person number one, like you said, Alexis, has an issue with person number two. Could be a minor annoyance, could be a major conflict, whatever it is, there's an issue there. Now, you know, ideally in a situation where this happens, what would person number one do? Typically, person number one would go, well, I, ideally or typically, which one did ideally, you Ideally, ideally. Ideally, they are going to go right back to that same person that they've had an issue with and they're going to address it head on. Right. Yeah, not a trick question, right? Person number one goes and talks to person number two about it, right? They work out the issue. But now to your other point, what typically happens is instead they go to person number three and they say, man, person number two is just really getting on my nerves. Or can you believe what person number two said? And and maybe it's with um, ill intent that they go to person number three. But maybe it's just because they're trying to vent. Maybe they actually want to solve the problem. There's a lot of reasons why person number one might talk to person number three. Uh, And so on this little image here, you see that. You see this arrow going from person number one to person number three. Uh, And then standing behind person number three is person number four, person number five. And we all know kind of how this plays out is that person number three kind of becomes this conduit right to other people and that's where this drama and gossip really starts to take hold right uh everybody knows there's no news that sells as good as bad news right Right. and so bad news drama gossip all that stuff spreads right no one's like going and telling their coworkers that hey alexis told me this morning that she had a great day yesterday (laughs) (laughs) that's that's not juicy gossip right 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 Uh, But what we see in this uh, image, in this tool here, is another arrow going back from person number three to person number one. And the word that we like to use there is a firewall, right? And the way that this works is when this happens, when person number one goes to person number three, person number three has a choice, right? And we've probably all been person number three right, that someone comes to to tell about their issue with someone else. So person number three in this moment has a choice. They have the choice to either be the conduit that sends this message out to other people and drums up this drama and gossip, or the choice to be a firewall, to say, hey, I hear you, that sounds annoying, that sounds terrible, whatever it is, but here's the critical question. Have you talked to person number two, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of the time, what do you think the answer is? Very often, it's a big that. What the heck are you talking about? No, I haven't talked to them. <laughs> well, uh, uh, no, I get no, I haven't. Um, I mean, I was or, going to. I was thinking about. I, 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 I maybe I will, but I, I can't really talk to him about it now. Maybe it's it's already over. It's fine. It's a or or here's one of my favorites. Well, they should just know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I, I mean, they could tell I was annoyed. Right. Right. <laughs> right. 
Totally. And you know what? Maybe if you're a um, hypersensitive nurturer, Enneagram 2 type, you know, you might not need to be told whenever you've annoyed somebody. But for somebody like me, and for most people, we don't always pick up on all those social cues, or we just have a to-do list that's too long for us to, like, really notice that sometimes. Yeah. Because what I know and what I tell people whenever I'm person number three and, and someone comes to me, I try to remind them that, hey, person number two probably doesn't even know that they did this to you. Right. Right. Um, you know, that's that's just the reality. And if you were them and you had annoyed someone, you would want someone to come and tell you about it. Right. And everybody, you know, always says, yeah, they definitely would want that if they were person number two. And so. That's the idea of this whole tool is that we would be sending people back to the source, right? We The tool is called go to the source. Uh, and so we're sending people back to talk to person number two to address the issue. Now, if they do that and it still doesn't resolve the issue, then person number three, if it's within their scope of you know leadership, whatever their role is, maybe they get involved and they say, okay, they didn't receive it well. I can help with this conversation, or maybe they direct it to somebody whose job that is. Um, but most of this stuff, the drama and gossip can be solved real early in the process by just getting person number one to go to person number two. Yeah. So yeah. And, and give, give me your thoughts. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's one of the most credibility creating and trust building type of conversations to have when person number one can go to person number two, who they know they've either been offended by, or, you know, that there's been some friction between, and they can just really humbly admit to whatever it is they have been like, that's where there's been friction and really honestly share, you know, Hey, I, I'm going to be honest. The conversation that we had on Tuesday really didn't set well with me. And, and I, I've been stirring about it. I've been thinking about it a lot. And I really want to just clear the air. I really want to get kind of to the bottom of what we talked through. And, you know, I don't know if you felt that or not, but I really, I did. Um, I thought about it a lot afterwards and I, I would love to just have kind of a double back around to that same conversation and address some of what we brought up and see if we can just kind of get to the bottom of things. That kind of a conversation takes so much character, right? <laughs> like takes so much humility, so much willingness, so much of a willingness to self-reflect a little bit, to figure out what part of that conversation you are, you are actually responsible for too, in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that friction, you know, whatever it was that was an offense, like why, why did it offend you? And what were the reasons if you can be really honest and, um, I always think within those conversations, it's really helpful to come at someone with a, a little bit more, um, a little bit softer language in light of feelings, like as much as sometimes that is not as professional mm -hmm. as we think, but to be able to come to come back to someone and say like, this is how I actually felt after that conversation. And I just wanted to share it with you versus like, this is what you did. And this is why <laughs> I'm mad, you know, like making it. So that automatically their defense mechanisms go up, right? And their their walls of self-preservation go up and they get into defensiveness mode and then you go into defense mode and it, it just is another hard yeah. con conflict-driven conversation. But all that said, I feel like, you know, those kinds of conversations when someone who has been offended is willing to go back to the offender and basically just say like, after the fact, after things have calmed down, let's actually address this. I think that some of the greatest growth 
um, within professional relationship, within personal relationship comes from those. One of my favorite quotes is healthy conflict breeds connection. Mm. Um, and I really think I'm, I'm a big believer in that, that the conflict has to be healthy, right? It has to come from two parties that are relatively healthy in that space, but there's such greater connection, greater understanding um, that's able to come from it. Yeah. I love that. Um, I, I think there's some resources we can push out here. And so make sure you check the show notes. We're, we're definitely going to put some things in there. Um, not only is there this tool, but there's also a, a whole like online course that is free for anybody to access. I think it's called how to deal with difficult conversations. And I think that would be a really good thing to yeah. tack on to this. But I want to add in a few thoughts here, uh, just because I know you and I have both had plenty of conversations with different people around this tool, and there's some insights that I think would be useful. Um, I have a couple of just, um, I don't know, key key things that I want to remind people of, like especially, again, if I'm that third person and encouraging person number one to go to person number two. Uh, the first thing I would say, and it has to do a lot with what you were just talking about, is that you don't know person number two's story, right? Mm. When we're in a conflict like that or have an issue, we only see it from our own perspective. And we don't know how person number two perceived it. We don't know what else person number two had going on that day, right? Like you might be upset at somebody because they didn't do something they told you they were going to do, but you might not know that they had a family emergency that they had to rush home for that day. Right. Right. And so not assuming that you have all the pieces of the puzzle because you may be missing some. And so going into it with an attitude like that is really important. I think another um, key thing is to try to ask more questions than you make statements. Right. Mm -hmm. Go into it with a curious mindset, not uh, one of accusation. Mm -hmm. Right. To to end your sentences with question marks more than you do with periods whenever you're person Mm -hmm. number one, because you might discover something that this whole thing was just a big misunderstanding. But if you go into it with, you know, your finger pointed out and, you know, guns blazing, uh, then you're going to miss the opportunity to just deal with it in a really calm and, and meaningful way. You could actually do more damage that way. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think those are just a couple of, of thoughts I wanted to tack in there. Any other just kind of like little things that person number one should remember when they're going to address person number two? Yeah. To your first point, I really do agree with the fact that you don't know what person number two has going on. And very often there's lots more than you saw or than is Mm -hmm. able to be seen at the surface. And again, I think it's another one of those willing willingness to be humble moments, like willingness to embrace humility and hunger, um, to find out more and to actually care for the person that, um, you know, either that offended you or that, that you offended, right. Like in, in those kinds of situations to really go in with that curiosity, because so often there's so much more that people are, are trying to handle, but don't know how to handle. And therefore it comes out in reactionary, you know, conversations where weapon systems are used because triggers have happened, Mm -hmm. but they don't know, they don't realize what's happening. And so being able to go in with curiosity, being able to go in with self-awareness on your end as to how you might've shown up in that situation, not ideally, um, and owning that, I think all of that is just, those are all such great um, things to be aware of when you're in the middle of a conversation like this. I do feel like, you know, when I worked at Lululemon, we would talk a lot about the art of feedback, but then there's, there's mm-hmm. an art 
for delivering feedback, there's also a art in receiving feedback. And I think in this sort of same situation, there is an art to delivering hard conversations or initiating hard conversation. There is also an art to then being the receiver and the recipient of somebody who's initiating a a rough conversation or, or a more delicate one, one that needs to be handled with more delicate kid gloves, you know? And so, so I do feel like in that, um, yeah, the, the staying curious and staying humble is just, those are, those are two golden nuggets. Yeah. Well, and you know, you kind of moved over to talking about person number two and how they receive it right there. And I think a really important point on that one is if you find yourself in the position of person number two and somebody comes to you and says, Hey, this thing that you said really kind of bothered me. Um, the, the temptation, at least for some personalities is to go, well, that's not what I meant. You need to get over it. Right. 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 But a, a good little thing to remember if you find yourself there is that perception is reality, right? Totally. So if person number one perceives that there's an issue, then there's an issue right. right now. It may not be a big one. It may be easily addressed, but you're not going to do yourself or your team any favors by being like, well, I didn't mean it that way. Right. You need to get over it. Right. Right. Um, you have to have humility to accept that even though that's not what you meant, it's how it was perceived by at least one person and then to deal with that and then move on, uh, you know, without getting defensive. And I think so much of the wisdom in learning any sort of personality typing trait instrument, whether it be the voices or something totally different, Myers-Briggs temperaments, strengths finder even is that you learn that there are just other ways to perceive the world and, Mm -hmm most people don't perceive it the same way you do. You know, it's why sometimes when we do find people who speak our same language, it's why creatives so often kind of connect with creatives because we can confuse each other and we don't get offended. Um, Or, you know, pioneers can be kind of blunt and to the point and they don't offend each other. And that's great. But then there's a lot of other ways that people interact and people communicate. And so the more we learn about ourselves and the way that we communicate, the more we learn the tendencies of others in communication. I think the more we actually have the capacity to prevent gossip and drama like this, to prevent these kinds of conversations um, from even coming up in the first place. Yeah. Love that too. Um, Okay. So one other thing, just an observation that I had from, from teaching this, from working with a lot of different teams on this specific tool is uh, one thing that I generally do is I uh, ask the group, I say, okay, when you think about which one of these three you usually are, right? Are you normally, are you more often person number one, the person that has an issue? Are you more often person number two, someone who, you know, people come to with their issue uh, that you've created? Or are you more often person number three, the person that, you know, kind of is, is the sounding board, the person that other people come to when they have an issue looking for help or looking to vent, right? Whatever it might be. And uh, I'll make people raise their hands, right? Uh, How many of you find yourselves as person number one, right? And, you know, maybe one person in a group will raise their hand. How many of you say you're most often person number two? I mean, maybe one person would raise their hand on that, Mm -hmm. but usually I get nothing. Okay, how many of you are person number three? Everybody raises their hands, right? (laughs) Everybody thinks they're person number three all the time. And so I go, okay, if that's true, then who's coming to you, right? right? Who's causing the issues if you're all person number three? Right. And it's always kind of a funny moment because people realize, okay, I'm probably person number one or person number two far more often than I think that I am. Right. Do you find that kind of to be true with the people you've talked to as well? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny because um, 
I do think that that is the tendency, but it's, that's a perfect question to ask is like, okay, well then who, who are these people out there that are persons number (laughs) one and two, um, A and B. And I, and I do think, you know, there's certain, um, there are certain personalities that have more of a bent, like we know from the voices, the connector, right? Their weapon system is cyber warfare. So very often the connector is the one who, because they have all the connections that they do and because they love to talk to people, when somebody offends them, they very often go to their connections first to talk it through versus Mm -hmm. coming to going to the person. And to be honest, in one of the last, um, kind of one of the last real honest conversations I had, some of my connectorness was called out in that I'm a creative connector, you know, so I do have a lot of circles that I, I love and I appreciate the value Mm -hmm. of the value, valuable insight that they bring to me. But I realize I have a really high propensity to go and to process with confidence more regularly than maybe is beneficial to the people that I'm processing about. Because reality is I, I do talk about situations with people. And, you know, my heart always is that that conversation is not for the sake of gossip. It's for the sake of moving forward, whatever situation, situation and scenario I'm bringing to light. But at the same time, I I think it's made me a little bit more aware specifically with the last conversation that I had um, that it really does behoove me to just pause a little bit more and think about how often am I actually maybe doing doing the gossip thing without even realizing it. So that's just super, super honest, true confession moment for me. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to, you know, say that there's never any reason to involve person number three. Right. Right. Because I think there are some good reasons for that. Sometimes you're not really sure if it's an issue or not. And you can go to somebody that can help you decide if it is right. And, and maybe you talk to person number three and at the end of that conversation realize that, ah, I'm not actually this upset about it. Never mind. Right. right? And you move on. Right. Um, But the key thing there is person number three has to be trustworthy and they have to be that firewall, right? That's going to send the conversation back up and not take it and pass it on to other people. And so, um, you know, especially for everybody that all thinks that they're person number three all the time, (laughs) we have to be the kind of trustworthy, um, you know, people there to not act as a conduit and to act as that firewall. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think it's worth it to constantly become that firewall, it's worth it to really consider the people that we go and share situations and scenarios with to make sure you're right, that the caliber of human that we're really diving in with is is that um, is high and has the capacity and has the emotional wherewithal, the maturity to be able to say like, okay, and what are you going to bring back to the table? Like, how are you going to usher in this conversation that needs to happen if, if there is one that needs to happen? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So I think this is going to be an incredibly beneficial episode for people to listen to. I, I was just, I had one more thing, one more thought um, for leaders, right? Because if you're a business owner, a team leader that's listening to this and you're like, geez, I don't have time to implement something like this to tell my people, you know, this little illustration, all these kinds of things. Um, I actually just got a message recently from a business owner. Uh, they're probably one of the busiest business owners and team leaders that I know uh, about this issue on their team. And I asked her, I said, hey, how much more time would you have if you didn't have to solve everybody's 
drama and gossip issues on your team. Mm-hmm. And she was like, geez, I mean, I would get half of my week back because she feels yeah. like that's half of what she does is someone comes to her with this thing. So she, then she runs off to talk to the other person. I'm like, okay, team leaders, what if you didn't have to always be the one that went to talk to that other person? Yeah. Train your people to do that themselves and then you get your time back. And so I think that would be something that most team leaders would be excited. Yeah. And I think just that verbiage, the using something like this, the term go to the source, as you are continuing to shape culture, whether you're a new company that's just starting out and really seeking to create a very intentional culture within your team, or whether you're a company that's operated for a long time and you're looking to shift culture, this kind Mm -hmm. of terminology, hey, we're going to start a new theme, a new trend, a new um, baseline expectation within our our conversations, within our dynamics as a team called Go to the Source. And I remember, again, at Lululemon, we had kind of a, uh, a baseline expectation that we didn't do background conversation. The background conversation mm-hmm. wasn't stood for, and that if we heard it, if we were a part of it, like it needed to not, it needed to not be happening. If we heard it happening, we had full authority to shut it down. It was definitely something that we knew was not a part of our day to day. Did it still happen? Yeah. But we had a name for it. We had a term for it. So people knew, wait, that's probably not supposed to be happening. And so to have something like this, where that term is able to be used, I think that's, that's also just a beneficial way to introduce it into culture. Absolutely. All right. That's what we got for today. I am sure that many people will find this helpful. Uh, After you get to process this, after you look at the tool, whatever, um, shoot us your thoughts, respond on social media, drop some emails, let us know how you're interacting with this material. And um, if you think this would be helpful for other people, we would love it if you would share this episode with somebody. Uh, that you, yeah, you think this would be a benefit too. So Alexis, anything else before we sign off? No, I love it. This has been probably one of my favorite conversations so far. So I'm excited to hear feedback. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right, we'll see you next time. Sounds good, see ya. Thanks for listening today to the Invincible Teams podcast. Please consider giving us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you are currently using. If you think today's content might be useful for someone you know, please consider sharing it with them. Just a reminder that the Invincible Teams podcast is brought to you by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork training and consulting to help you eliminate office drama and turnover and help you get the most out of your team. Thanks again for listening. And like we always say, we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. See you next time.